because I'm independent, it's very healthy for me to have some times where I can be alone and then come back and miss him even more and, you know, be so excited to tell him about all my travels and have hobbies that are independent to me. Hi guys, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hi everyone, welcome back. We have a fun episode today. It made me so excited to travel and like I want to go on so many more trips. Yeah, we have Jen Tenzer, who is the founder of The Soloist, which is a travel company dedicated to helping people plan their solo travel adventures. And yeah, I thought it was such an appropriate episode for this week because I'm as this is coming out. I'm enjoying my last day on my little solo adventure through California. And even if you're planning a trip that is not a solo trip, she gave a lot of good travel tips in general about planning a trip and about how to unwind after a trip and just like all different things travel related. Yeah, I liked this conversation. We talk about traveling alone and just talking about being alone and being confident alone in general. And I had previously talked about how I don't like being alone and how I kind of, well, I used to, but now I love it. But I totally feel it is just like a muscle you strengthen. And I think it's so cool to like go out and just do whatever you want and you make all the decisions and you can meet new people and you can try new places and it's just, you call the shots. Yeah, I could not agree more. I love it too. And I think it's so cool that she left her career in finance to pursue I mean, you'll hear in the episode, but she didn't even leave it to pursue this specifically. She left it to give herself space and time to figure out what she wanted to do. And then she just ended up going down this solo travel road. And now she's making a career out of it by helping other people plan their trips. So very cool. Before we get into it, we always like to talk about new things that we're trying. I don't really have a new thing that I tried this week. I was just on vacation with my family out at my house in Amagansett for 10 days. It felt both long and really fast at the same time. Mm. I was with my whole family. So I have three sisters, all of my nieces and my new nephew. So four kids were around my parents, all of our significant others. So it was a house full. We had so much fun. We had a nice balance of Dan and I doing things on our own, which I feel like sometimes when you're in a big family setting like that, you just all like stick together, at least in my family. I think we have kind of like we, we all just tend to do the same thing. But Dan and I have created some boundaries of like when to go out and make plans on our own. Like we don't need to spend every minute with the family, especially it gets like crazy with the kids. So we did so many fun things, a lot of family time. But Dan and I went to Duria's last weekend, which was so fun. If you're going out there, we recommend that for like a fun lunch. I got the lobster cob. It was it, it was worth the hype. I had actually never had the lobster cob before. It's just well, we got it. No, I don't think we did. We got that calamari and the shrimp cocktail. And like what else? I don't know. Well, tell me more about it. The lobster cob. It was so good and it's just so expensive, but it's definitely for a, fa- a larger party. We just got it for two. So I had a lot to bring home, but I needed to try it. It was really good. Like the best cob salad with avocado and bacon and cheese and fresh lobster in this giant bowl. It was delicious. 
But we did so many other fun things. We went to CC last night, which is a restaurant in East Hampton. That was so fun. We had the best table in the house. Great for sunsets. So I think that that restaurant's fairly new. We had gone there last summer. But if you're going out there, put CC Mediterranean restaurant on your list. And otherwise, so many other fun things like tennis. I played tennis twice. That was fun. I really want to start playing tennis in Brooklyn or taking lessons because it was it's just like such a fun different way to exercise and move your body and waking up in the morning out there and going to play tennis on a weekend or like a weekday before work so fun just starts the day in such a good mood I don't know I had the best time did a lot of workouts went to the beach we had a movie night outside with a big projector we watched the godfather it was just like such a fun week i made that key lime pie i've talked about last year second time around <laughs> it was great so no i have nothing nothing real new to share just a dump of all of the things i did this week <laughs> it looked so fun and i agree with you on tennis i feel like i'm really lately feeling more into like activities for workouts versus like doing a workout. It's a different, different way to get your movement in. Yeah, definitely. If anyone lives around a Whole Foods, I had like the funniest experience. I don't know why I found this so funny. I went to Whole Foods yesterday and all I was buying, I actually did want to talk about this because it's kind of a new thing. I tried a different meat stick and you guys have heard me talk about chumps. Yeah. So I tried the primal, the primal food and it was so good. Like definitely a new one in the rotation. I can't compare it to chomps, whether it's like better or worse or whatever, because it was like completely different flavor. It was a buffalo chicken and chomps doesn't have that. And I just love buffalo chicken. So there was like, Mm. there's like no comparison, but it's very similar in terms of like high quality ingredients and just like really delicious, a great quick snack. I feel like I've been like trying so hard to get a good amount of protein and I just like need those types of things. So highly recommend. We'll link that too. But it was so funny because all I got was this meat stick. It was like a dollar and 29 cents. And so I got it and then I was paying and then she hands me this like tote bag, this like green zipper Whole Foods tote bag. And I was like, oh, what is this? And I could feel there was like something in it. And she's like, oh, it's like for all Prime members for Prime Day. We're giving these like Prime Day gifts. And I was like, oh, thanks. It's like so nice. And I like left. It was literally so random. I like opened it up to see what this like Prime Day gift is that they're giving. And it's just a can of tuna. (laughs) 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 So So, like it was so funny because I was like, oh, I have to like post on Mostly Balance that like, Amazon's giving free gifts. I thought it was just going to be like a fun, like new snack to try or something. And yeah. like, it was just a fun Whole Foods gift that I got for only spending $1.29. Like, but then I was just like, this is so random. Like, why are they getting out? What free- brand of tuna? Wild Planet. Hmm. So I mean, it's like a good brand of tuna, but it was just like, I so love tuna. Weird. So that would be such a treat. I was actually saying this the other day to my sister, like expressing my love for tuna. And she was like, I actually like never knew that about you, Mia. So yeah. So I mean, you go to Whole Foods, you can get some free tuna. <laughs> yeah. We need, my, I need to redeem my Prime Day gift. Oh my God, I don't know why I found it so funny. That's I couldn't so wait to funny. tell you that I got a free can of tuna. <laughs> why did, I'm surprised you didn't tell me sooner. I really want to go now. Yeah. You could probably make a trip to Whole Foods. I wonder if, you're, if your Instacart person could get it for you. <laughs> <laughs> my Instacart person will probably bring me a random can of tuna anyway. Yeah. Prime Day or not. <laughs> but anyway, so next week we'll be back to our regular intros with our questions at the end. We haven't mm-hmm. had them since I've been traveling. But yes, I think you guys are going to love this episode. And we loved having Jen on. Definitely check her out if you are interested in doing some type of solo trip. I feel like 
it's so helpful to have somebody to help you plan it, especially because everything she does is like super personalized based on your needs and maybe like the reason that you're planning to take a trip and everything like that. So check it out and I hope you love the episode. We hope you love Jen and we will have another great episode for you next Monday. Yes. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. We are so looking forward to our conversation today. We are sitting down with the founder of The Soloist, a hub for all things related to solo travel. So welcome to Mostly Balanced, Jen Tenzer. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This personally is one of my favorite topics, so I can't wait to get into it. But before we do, can you tell everybody listening a little bit more about you? So just where you're from, where you live, and then a little bit more about what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Jen. I grew up outside Chicago. I've lived in New York City for like 12 years now. So I guess I can call myself a New Yorker. I worked in finance forever on Wall Street, which is kind of what brought me to New York. But more recently since then, now I am the founder of a solo travel planning company called The Soloist. And that's really how I spend my time just planning, supporting and inspiring primarily women to plan solo trips and feel free to live the life that they want without necessarily a companion with them. I love that. I really do. And I'm fascinated and intrigued by your trajectory. So I feel like a 20 something year old getting into finance, working in finance for over a decade. Yeah. And then making this big career switch to an amazing opportunity of helping other people travel. Travel industry is so fun. And that's such a pivot. But When did the love for travel come into your life? Was it something you were like trying to do when you worked in finance? Was it an awakening you had? Like what what was the journey? I've always loved travel as I feel like everybody loves travel, right? It's an escape. So I've always loved travel. My love for solo travel started while I was still in that corporate role. I was in investment banking. So the hours are pretty grueling and it's a very demanding job. And so whenever I could get time off, I wanted to go to like far flung destinations and really make the most of it. And a lot of times, especially because I was single most of that time, that meant going alone. My friends might have been having their own schedules, doing their own things, and there wasn't necessarily someone to go with. And I just decided to kind of take it back into my own hands and just go because I knew that I really needed the break and I I didn't have time to wait. And so that's when my love of solo travel really started. But yes, I definitely had an awakening, like a third life crisis type of situation where I was really enjoying work for so long. I was challenged by it. I was surrounded by really bright people and growing and I was getting promoted. I was being successful. And it wasn't until I got more senior in that role that the reality that that was going to be my life forever was forefront and pivotal in my mind that like, okay, this is no longer just crushing it and working as hard as I can for the next promotion. Like this is going to be my life. I'm at the age where I'm starting to think about kids and having a family and 
looking at my bosses and seeing if their life is the life that I truly want until retirement. And I just no longer felt aligned. It no longer felt that way. Some of that like internal stress was manifesting physically. I started getting very sick in ways that like I I was never the person who got sick a lot. And the last year before I left, I was like, getting weird like eye infections and I was sick all the time and so it just started to hit me like maybe I need a break from this I'm not exactly sure what I want to do at that time I didn't know that I wanted to start my own company let alone start a travel company I just knew I need to get out of this I need some clarity and I need to like break free from this very small finance bubble to see the world and get a better sense of what I want to do First of all, I feel like so many people probably have similar feelings. The fact that you actually listened to it and did it is so impressive. I know that those reservations that people have can be like, oh, but I already put like 10 plus years into this or whatever it is. But it's so funny because like what you said is so true. Like you have like the rest of your life that you're going to be doing this. And that is like way longer than the amount of time that you've put into it. So to have that thought process of what do you want your life to look like when you do have a family or whether you want a family or not, like what do you want your long term life to look like? My mom actually, she changed careers when she was, I think, 30 something. And so she became a teacher. And my whole life I've known her as a teacher. Like that's just like what she was. But that was probably a big deal at that point because she had already put all these years into being an accountant and like something completely different. Yeah. But I do want to I think we're gonna get more into that aspect of it too. But first I want to hear just like a little bit more about you just like deciding to solo travel even before you thought of it as a career. So you mentioned that it had to do with, of course, you just wanted to take advantage of the time off that you did get and everything. But what was everyone's reaction to it? Like, are you close with your parents? And like, were they like nervous? Like, what did people say when you were like, I'm gonna go to X place alone? (laughs) Of course. No, my mom was freaking out. Like she, the concept was just so foreign. Solo travel today is like, really, I feel like it's growing in popularity, you see more people doing it. When I started solo traveling, which wasn't so long ago, maybe it was around seven years ago or so, i barely saw anyone doing it. But I did see a couple friends on social media and stuff like go to Bali alone. And so like little seeds were being planted that like, okay, this is possible. Whereas I think for my mom and my close friends, the majority of people who were around me thought it was just utterly insane. Like I was nuts. I was losing my mind, you know, and I was being so unsafe and reckless. And because of that, I soothed them as best I could in terms of like providing them a copy of my itinerary and giving them the address and phone number for like the hotels that I was staying at and creating a really detailed itinerary, which it's funny, like I've looked back on that, that first big solo trip itinerary now. And I'm like, wow, like, who knew then that I would be doing this for a living? Do you still do that? Like fill them in on all your whereabouts and itinerary? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering because my parents ask me to do that. And I'm like, are they always going to do this? Do I have to send you every detail of like where I'll be? Mm-hmm. Even if I travel with someone else, my mom needs my like flight number so she can track my flight. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Anytime they live in the Midwest still, but anytime I'm like back in the Chicago area, if I'm staying with them or something and I go out with my friends that night, you know, it's funny. She'll be like, well, let me know when you get home. And I'm like, <laughs> I live in New York City and you never yeah. know what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. It's such a parent thing. I feel like that's universal. Yeah. 
But I think the more solo trips I've taken, she's gotten a little more comfortable with me and knowing that I'm capable. And then also just realizing that I'm kind of always reachable. Like I went to Antarctica solo and we found a way to communicate, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think just time and experiences have made it a little more smooth. But yeah, like, so I tried to make my friends and family a little bit more comfortable by doing things like that. But yes, they definitely thought that I was like off my rocker the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so cool. There's certain people that thrive being alone, love being alone, and that's not a scary thing. And then I think other people like either the companionship of I want to go and experience this with someone or they just believed travel is something you do with another person or feel like scared or codependent, like they can't do things alone and don't like even trust their ability to navigate a whole new place alone. So how do you like, do, were you a very independent person that none of that, like your first trip, were you a little nervous or are you a little scared of it? Or have you always been Do you think solo travel is for the person that thrives being alone and is very independent? I think I've always been very independent. And even for that first trip was like weirdly courageous and not that afraid and probably should have been more afraid. Where was it? So my first big trip, I went to Patagonia which is this area on the southern part of South America that spans across Chile and Argentina. So I bit off quite a lot for that first trip. And I had the most fantastic time. But like looking back now to first time solo travelers and to my clients, that is not like the advice that I would necessarily give for your first, you know, solo trip, I would like tiptoe into it. um, Especially if you're someone who doesn't feel super independent, where this feels like a really big deal to be alone with your thoughts for that long. I don't think solo travel is necessarily for everyone. You know, I think, you know, you have to know yourself, Mm. but I do think it's one of those cool, adventurous life experiences that's worth trying at least once. And I also think it doesn't need to be some like week long trip that's international and on the other side of the planet. To me, going on a retreat, putting yourself out there with strangers, but still getting to a place where you're in a group structured situation with other people who you can meet, that's solo travel, right? You're you're still going alone. Or if you are traveling with a friend or a partner, and then you add a day or two at the end where you get to do something that's a hobby of yours that maybe they're not interested in, and you just have a couple of days solo, that's solo travel as well. So even if you're not the type of person who thrives in those like independent situations, I think there are ways to try it out and see if it would be something you could be interested in. I also feel like once you do it once, you get more courageous and you realize, oh, wow, I I can do this myself. Why was I nervous to come here alone without having like another human being? Like I leave more confident and want to do it more. So it's like strengthening a muscle of your confidence and independence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. And it like doesn't even have to be somewhere you've never been. Maybe you are someone who like lives in New York, but you like love Chicago. Do a long weekend trip and go to Chicago for a couple of days and like see if you like the feeling of being somewhere without a travel companion and then maybe do something bigger. But I like that you said that because it really doesn't have to be Bali or like Patagonia or a two week trip where you're like soul searching. 
just the act of doing something on your own. And like you said, being alone with your thoughts is really impactful. And yeah, it's not for everybody, maybe, but I do agree that it's something that anyone could benefit from trying. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And even exploring your own city. I've lived in New York over a decade. There's still obviously so much to do, so many different things I want to see, different museums, different restaurants. You could even just spend a day pretending you're a tourist in your own city or wherever you live and do it alone. You know, even things like dining out alone at first are so awkward and like that's kind of universal. So like why, you know, make the first time that you do that when you're traveling alone, why not try it first in your own city and kind of like get a little bit more comfortable there before your solo trip. Yeah, I love that. I think anything you just do alone, it makes you feel more comfortable and you stop feeling that need to have another presence with you. Did you ever meet friends on your trips or were you spending like a lot of alone time or did you like meet other solo travelers, meet people you still talk to today? I feel like that it just opens up your world where when you go with someone else, you sometimes don't even pay attention to the other people around you. Exactly. Alone, you're just opening up to like so many more opportunities and experiences and being so much more spontaneous. Exactly. I think... That's such a misconception. I've met so many more people while traveling when I travel solo than when I travel with even my partner or a friend or anybody else. Because if you're traveling with somebody else, that's fantastic. You know, you want to have fun together. You're, you're creating memories together. But you are naturally like kind of sheltered off from the situations around you and the ability and meeting other people. You tend to kind of just talk to each other. When I travel solo, I've met so many people, definitely people who I'm still friends with today and definitely other solo travelers. And I think you just create such unique, adventurous, like once in a lifetime friendships and experiences because you're in such a unique setting. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, they're extra special to me almost, even if I never talk to them again. Oh, I'll always remember that guy in Patagonia, who I randomly hiked with for like four hours and never saw again, you know, (laughs) and knew his entire life story. And yeah, wonder what he's doing now. But like, I don't know, they're just kind of like fun memories to have. And it's all part of like, you know, living. I don't know. No, totally. Do you feel like you're like a different person when you're traveling? Yes. Because what you said, it can be so intimidating to some people to go out to dinner alone or things like that. Like, I do feel like sometimes I feel a little awkward if I'm just like in the city in New York and I am like going out to eat alone. Like I still do it a a good amount and I I like it. But if I'm traveling, I like don't think twice about it. Yes, I'm definitely different. I feel like I'm more extroverted and a little bit more courageous Mm -hmm. where like if I'm traveling with somebody else or yeah, with friends or family and we're in a group, I might not be the first person of the group to like go and approach somebody else. I might let like my friend or my boyfriend or someone else kind of like take the lead and like, that's cool. I'm fine. You know, being introverted in this moment. But if I'm solo traveling, I've noticed I have like no qualms about just going up to anybody and talking to them and being the first to do it. And, you know, one of the things that's cool about solo travel is you see yourself in this different situation and you kind of like discover new facets of yourself that you might not have even known. Like I didn't know that I'm that extroverted in that situation. But I now I know I definitely am. So I'm definitely different. Yes, when I'm traveling solo. Yeah, I feel like it makes me wonder sometimes like, is this who I should be like every day? (laughs) 
I just said this to Mia, I think like, should I be living this way every day? Because when you're on vacation, you're just making the most of every day and doing all this stuff. Obviously, you can't do that every single day. But it does make you I think what you said, it makes you like learn things about yourself that you didn't realize like you had those things in you. Yeah. And sometimes like see the best side of yourself. And I think, yeah, part of me just wants to live in that high and that moment of the best version of myself. But I think it's even more important than to go and like bring that back little pieces of that into your daily life. And you have a new perspective on the life that the grind that you're always in every day when you have these experiences and you come back and, and you kind of have like the differences, the black and white that you can see. Yeah, it is so interesting because I feel the same way. Like what you said really resonated with me that maybe in a group setting, I defer to someone else to make a decision or we're like collaborating and we like, I will wait to see what they want to do or someone else will be more the more extroverted one in the group and they'll maybe go up to another group of people and start a conversation. When you're alone, it's you. You have just you. And if you want to start a conversation, it's up to you. Your decisions for your entire day, up to you. I even just spent a week alone. My fiance was away for a full week and I was like a new alone person in my neighborhood that I've never been alone in. So my schedule, my day, my decisions, what I ate, what I did, like where I walk, the music I was playing in my house, the TV shows I was watching, it was all me. And I feel like when you're with someone else, even on a trip, it's such a collaborative decision. You don't really fully express yourself in the way you would. And we talked about this earlier, but in a relationship, like I've never solo travel. I've went on like a work trip to Austin and I think I made new friends and hung out with all different groups of people and like definitely explored the city and ate on my own. So I guess it was a solo trip of sorts, but not one that I like planned. I've always gone with friends or been in a relationship. So if you're in a relationship, do you still solo travel? Carly and I were talking about this recently. Is it weird if you want to solo travel without your partner? I think it's only as weird as, you know, you and your partner think it is, right? Like (laughs) every relationship is different. And we had a unique situation because I just met my partner right as a pandemic hit in Antarctica. I was solo traveling. He was in Antarctica with a couple of friends. We met on the ship. And so a ship, a ship. Yes. You take a ship from Argentina down to Antarctica. And you met on the ship. Yeah. Wow. That's so it's cool. Crazy. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to make sure you heard correctly. Yeah, that's such <laughs> a know. good story. It's, no, it's, it's common. It's a very wild way to meet, you know, so most people are like, wait, what? You met in Antarctica? <laughs> We met on the ship. It's like a small cruise, just an expedition ship. And he met me as a solo traveler, right? So like, and he is a big traveler. I think anybody who's in Antarctica is probably like an avid traveler. So we met under those circumstances. And I kind of made it apparent immediately that this is something that I really enjoyed in my life, that I like to have these moments of solitude through travel every so often. And because he's a big traveler and he's solo traveled quite a bit as well, he was like, oh, totally, that's fantastic. And that just means that like, if you take a solo trip, I can go take a solo trip and, you know, maybe meet up with some guy friends or go alone or whatever. And so it's been something that has definitely been a part of a relationship. Also, we'll kind of like mix up some of our travels. So we're both living a very nomadic life right now. We're traveling quite a bit. Last summer, for example, I wanted to go to Croatia. He had already been to Croatia. So I was like, okay, I'm in a, this is a perfect opportunity where I'll go solo. And 
he went solo to Europe and ended up meeting up with some of his friends who were living there. And then we convened in Greece. And then we had like a very couple-y, you know, romantic time there. So like we kind of morphed the travel into different sections, some solo, some not. But again, it's like you have to do what works for your relationship. I personally, because I'm independent, it's very healthy for me to have some time where I can be alone and then come back and miss him even more and, you know, be so excited to tell him about all my travels and have hobbies that are independent to me, have time to do that. For example, I love scuba diving. So that's something that I can do solo, you know, and he might not be that interested in. And then that's that's kind of how, how it is. But I think it's definitely different for every relationship, right? Yeah, totally. This is like my dream relationship, though. Yeah. I'm glad to know that it, that it exists out there. Maybe I have to take a ship to mm-hmm. Antarctica and then I'll meet a guy on it. But did he so was he from New York? And so you were able to then just like start dating? Or was there some distance involved? He's from New York. So like, it's just so wild that I was like perpetually single for like a decade in New York on all of the apps. And then I go to like Antarctica. (laughs) I quit my job. I go to Antarctica. And I'm like, Oh, of course, like, there's one New Yorker on the ship. And like, we start dating. It's just so silly. That's so cool. But because we started dating right at the pandemic and I had just quit my job right before the pandemic to travel, I I still very much had that like itch to travel. You know, I didn't want to just stay in New York. I had just like quit my lease, quit my job, everything. And so I decided to road trip around the US and like make the most of this pandemic travel time by seeing different national parks and all the states. And so there was some long distance because he was working and we would kind of like, he would fly out, let's say to California, we would hang out in California, road trip around, and then he would fly back. And then I would fly to New York to see him. Uh, So the first like year was definitely quite a bit of long distance, which was obviously a little bit challenging, but also a very cool, unique situation where we were road tripping around during the pandemic when obviously most people were just stuck in a very small space. I mean, if I was still in New York, I would have been in like the tiniest little apartment. So pros and cons. Yeah. The people that got into relationships and COVID, I feel like had most people I've talked to had this like the opposite experience where they met and then they either like moved in together and they were secluded and the relationship moved really fast because of that. But I think you had such a different and equally could have sped up your relationship in just that you learned what it was like to be apart, learned what it was like to travel, learned what it was like to like coordinate schedules with someone else. So it just brought a whole different unique layer that I think a lot of other people probably did not experience in their COVID relationships. I do want to hear more about the soloist. Yeah. Before we like wrap up your solo love, if someone's going on their first like solo trip in the U.S. or abroad, like do you have one one U.S. destination, one abroad destination you would recommend as like your starter solo trip destination? Ooh, I I guess it totally depends who you are and what you want, but I I think so because you know, and we could talk about the soloist, but one of the the reasons why I started this company was I really wanted to curate very specific trips for each person and like figure out, you know, where they're at in their life. A lot of times people 
try a solo trip for the first time for a specific reason, something sparks it, you know, whether that's maybe ending a relationship or ending a job or moving or just being in a weird space. There's a lot of times some reason. So I like to kind of hone in on that, where they're at emotionally, what they really need from this trip, and then pick a destination with them, obviously, from there. But if I had to pick, uh, I would say, so I love places like Sedona, where there's tons of activities. You can go hiking. You can also do a lot of like wellness practices and pamper yourself with massages and it's warm. That's a place that I really love that I think is good for solo travelers. Also cities. I just like things where there's tons of activities where you're not kind of potentially sitting alone in your hotel room where there's, it's easy to just get out and meet people and do things and not like spin on your own back. And then internationally, some places that I love are Costa Rica. Again, tons of activities. Also, a lot of people who, if you're a native English speaker, a lot of people who speak English. And there's a developed, established tourism infrastructure there. They have a lot of respect for women if you're a solo female traveler. So some of those sort of aspects are what I look for in characteristics for a good solo travel destination. Yeah. Have you been to Bali? Because I feel like that's just such a big solo travel place. Yes. I love Bali. Yeah. I went years ago and it was a similar situation where I went with family. I went with my mom and my cousin and then they flew home and I kind of broke off and did my scuba certification solo and spent like another 10 days there solo. It's an amazing place. It's so cool. I highly recommend it for anyone who hasn't been. That's awesome. I definitely want to go. What was the step-by-step situation with when you left your job? Obviously, you talked about what led you to that decision mindset-wise and what your thought process was. But what were your actual, like, did you have a budgeting doc where you made sure you had enough money saved? Did you have a set plan for the first place you were going to travel? Obviously, it might have gotten derailed with COVID, but how much planning did you do and what impact did you see on your life? I would say... So I've, I've been very fortunate, like through one of the things I'm grateful for with being in finance for so long is I had savings. I was lucky in that way. I was already saving up to potentially buy an apartment in New York City. And now we know those are not cheap. So like I had kind of a stash saved already. And it just kind of like transitioned and did a complete 180 from settling down using that money to running away using that money. I definitely think like budgeting and, you know, you have to come up with a financial plan. If you are someone who is thinking about quitting your job, you know, whatever time you think you'll need in terms of like how many months you'll think you'll be without income, I would just double it. Because in this environment, like you just never know, and you're probably going to really enjoy your time away without having that daily nine to five, and you're probably going to want to extend it a little bit longer than you think. So the financial plan is definitely critical. Even though I had those savings, I did sit down and try and budget. Like, you know, I didn't want to just piss away all my savings. So like, how much do I want to be spending per month? What's reasonable? You know, I still want to be traveling well. I don't necessarily... Like because I was in my 30s, like I don't necessarily want to just be in a hostel on a bunk bed every night. So like, but at the same time, I don't need to be staying at the Four Seasons, right? So like trying to come up with a rational number for how much I would be spending every month and then keeping myself accountable to it. In the end, 
it transitioned a lot because I wasn't traveling internationally. I was mostly road tripping. But those are some of the things that I would think about, you know, and then if you are quitting your job, like some of the benefits of that is you can take a flight at weird hours on weird days, take red eyes. And there are different ways to like save money. Also, if you want to, again, quit your job to travel, like going to destinations when they're not in peak season, you know, so maybe you want to visit a destination during what they call shoulder season. So it's not necessarily like hurricane season in the Caribbean, but it's somewhere in between then and Christmas when everybody will be there and prices are cheaper. So I recommend kind of like sitting down and planning out a calendar like that, that you're visiting places in a way that's a little bit more budget friendly. Yeah, those are such good tips. And I think there's so many ways to just skirt around like the very high priced traveling costs of like the flights and the hotels and all of that. So if, when you left your job, you quit. Did you have the soloist idea in mind yet? When did that hit you? And how long did you take off from work before you kind of revisited what you wanted your career to look like and it became the soloist? I definitely didn't quit my job to like become an entrepreneur or, you know, I definitely quit my job to just get a break. Like I did not feel like I had the clarity at that time to know what I wanted to do to chase after something. And I remember my dad was like, okay, I understand that you want to quit your job and all of the reasons that you're giving me make so much sense. But what I don't understand is like, why don't you just interview for another job then? And I was like, because like that sounds just as stressful to me. Like that is another full-time job looking for a job. And I don't know what I want to do. I'm either going to fall into a very similar role that I'm in now, or I have no idea. For me, it was really like a soul searching period. I went into it with that intention. I want to travel, you know, I've always wanted to travel more than this job has allowed me. So it was to take a break to do that and to just like detox, de-stress, get some clarity. And I figured even if I decide, you know what, I have a reignited passion for banking. I do want to go back into finance. At least then I'll be sure, you know, because right now where I was, I wasn't sure. And I needed some sort of break to kind of like come back to it and have perspective. So definitely just left to like have fun and travel and get some clarity. And I would say it took me probably about eight months until I started really thinking that maybe I wanted to start my own business. I think the soloist was always kind of like a seed planted very, very deep in my subconscious, not even in my conscious mind, because I had not, I really had not planned this at all. But when I took that first solo trip to Patagonia, I do remember searching like solo travel planner, because I had never done this before. I was working crazy hours. I didn't have a lot of time to devote to like researching a new destination. And I thought, okay, I'm in a position where like, I am willing to pay someone else to help me through this process and just like handhold me through it. And I couldn't find anyone who did that. So that was like the first time I thought, huh, like there's like some market for this, but it didn't really go anywhere. And then, yeah, about eight months in, I thought, I really don't want to go back to finance. (laughs) And I really don't want to do anything else. Like the only thing that kind of keeps coming back is wanting to start this random business idea. And so about a year after I quit is when I started it. 
And how long ago was that now? So you quit like right before COVID. So was that like a year or so ago that you started The Soloist? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Congratulations. You've built such a great platform in a short amount of time. Was there something that you attribute your success to? Like, was it showing up on social media? Was it like really learning the skills of actually creating the website? Or like, I saw you were interviewed by Well and Good. Like, was it kind of like a combination of just all those things you were putting out there? I think like I was just, once I decided that I was going to start a business, I'm just like not good at half-assing things, you know? Like I just, once once that was in my mind, it was like, okay, and I need to figure out a way for this to start to be successful. So I just like, I put in a lot of work and I still do, you know, in terms of learning about an entirely new industry. I've traveled and I've solo traveled so much, but it's always been for fun, for personal reasons. I've never booked professional travel for somebody else. Like that seems like something I need to actually learn about. And I took a course on that, you know, or building a website. I've never done anything like that learning about SEO and UX and all of these terms that were like so unfamiliar to me, learning about marketing, social media. Of course, I had like my own personal Instagram, but I never had any concept of like how to grow a social media platform or how to do it for to actually like attract new clients and gain sales. Like these are all completely new concepts to me. So I just dug into like different courses, research and learning as I went. And I think the success that I've had to date is definitely due to that, to just being curious about everything and wanting to figure it out. I really love that story because I feel like what holds people back from doing exactly that of A, just quitting their job to follow a passion or starting a new job it's so daunting to think I have no idea. Like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea, but I have no idea how to do any of this. But you learn. Everyone learns how to do it. Everyone starts from somewhere. And I think that exact fear holds people back so much. Like even thinking of your business model, like you had worked in finance. So you have, of course, like financial background and an understanding of how to make money (laughs) and manage money. But Working for yourself is a whole new ball game. So how did you even, did you set up a business plan? I, did you say after like three months, I want to be here and like, here are my avenues of income? Or was it like, I have something saved. I'm following my passion. I'm learning as I go. Or were you a little more structured? It was the, it was not structured. It was not. And I, 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 yes, I have a financial background, a business background. Like I know about setting up a business plan. I just felt, I don't know, for some reason it, it didn't, I didn't know enough about the industry and what I wanted this company to look like to create it. You know, like I didn't know how to create a marketing section because I didn't even know like what services am I really going to offer? You know, so I kind of just, tiptoed into it. And at every little juncture, I just kind of reassessed, like, is this still following my core desire of like, helping and inspiring women to travel solo? Is this still aligned, you know, and if it was, I was like, okay, I'm gonna like, learn everything about blogging, because apparently, it helps with SEO. It's a way for me to connect with new clients for me to teach them about solo travel. I guess I have to learn about blogging now. Just learning as I went. I think it's really about pushing through those fears and like self-limiting beliefs and just going one step at a time. 
And even if you create a business plan a year later, I can tell you, you're probably going to smash it and would have to rewrite the entire thing a year later. Things that I thought about, like my target clientele are completely different now, right? Like I didn't know until I actually did it. Yeah, I totally agree. And that I do know that you just recently got back from a very fun trip. So can you tell us about it? Yeah, I just got back like three days ago from Italy and went all over primarily in like central and northern Italy. I hadn't really done so much of northern Italy and it was just so fantastic. Piedmont is a region like west of Milan, which is famous for wines like Barolo and Barbaresco and Nebbiolo. And it was just so fun, like road tripping around to different wineries and eating amazing pasta. And obviously, Italy is just a fantastic place. And it's definitely a good place for solo female travelers. We love Italy. And I want (laughs) you to help me plan my honeymoon and also my trip to Italy next year. So you'll be... Oh my God, I would love that. Getting an inquiry from me. It's not solo, but I feel like you are the best person to help plan a trip, obviously. But do you have like upcoming trips with your partner that you're super excited about? We need to get planning. Um, I do know that I'm going to be going on a solo trip to likely Colombia in September. Um, because again, like he has other plans. His dad and him are going to Iceland. So I was like, okay, this is a great opportunity for me to take a solo trip. But I will say, I feel like we're pretty spontaneous because we're both big travelers. I'm definitely different when I plan my own trip versus planning a trip for a client. I feel like I'm much more comfortable kind of like booking last minute hotels and like figuring things out as I go versus for a client. I just make sure every single detail, every transfer, everything is like ironed out, you know, so nothing until September quite yet, but who knows. (laughs) That actually kind of answers my next question because I was going to ask how down to the detail you actually plan your own trips when you're going away. That kind of plays into the last thing before we go into rapid fire, just takeaways that you have for solo travel. So is one of them like leave time that's not planned? And like, how do you actually do that yourself? I definitely am much more spontaneous with my own trips. Like I'm comfortable booking last minute hotels day of, you know, and figuring out my itinerary as I go. I love to ask locals, you know, what they recommend. I think a lot of times we can do all the research and then you actually get there and they'll say, oh, you know, you've got to go to like this random island you've never heard of. That's only a 20 minute ferry right away. And okay, like, why not? You know, so I think, yes, I definitely love to have time that's both planned and unplanned, even for my clients, if they're comfortable with it. You know, I try and understand like, if they're incredibly anxious, they may want things much more planned, like back to back. But to the extent they're comfortable with it, I think it's important to have at least like half a day to yourself to just walk around, explore and like find magic on your own. Yes, totally. So before we get into rapid fire, can you tell everyone where to find you? And I loved that you gave a little insight into like what that process of working with someone at first is like, tell me about your personality. If you have no idea where you want to go, like getting into why you need the trip. So can you tell everyone where to find more about you, how to book a consultation and maybe share a little bit more into like what that consultation would look like, or like who could reach out to you? Like someone who is ready to get on a flight and knows the destination or someone who just wants to like explore a little. Yeah. 
So you can find me at my website, which is www.thesoloist.travel or on Instagram. I'm also pretty present. It's at thesoloist.travel. And then in terms of booking a consultation, you can just do that right on my website. I think it's pretty easy to find. Or you can just DM me on Instagram and say you're interested and I'll send you the link. In terms of what that consultation looks like, it can be a little bit different. There are people who approach me who know exactly where and when they want to go. They've already maybe researched some stuff about the destination and they have some opinions about what sort of activities they want to do. Great. I'm on board. (laughs) You're making my job easier. But at the same time, I do really love that when people approach me who really have no idea what they where they want to go and they're looking to me for creative ideas based on their interests and what they're looking for and then like that's one of my favorite things to just bring a new destination to the table that they may have never even thought of and then the process from there kind of unravels as you know I create a draft itinerary I like to make it a very um like collaborative planning process so that my client feels very much so like they're part of the planning process as well. I give multiple hotel options, lots of activity idea options. So they never feel like they're getting some sort of like pre-packaged itinerary. I love that. I love the curated customized aspect of it because it's so true. Like you can Google like best solo trip, but like we said earlier, it really depends on what you're looking for. Maybe you're going through something in life. So Very cool. And it was so much fun talking to you. Thanks so much for taking the time. We do always like to close with a couple rapid fire questions. So what is one food that you can't live without? Pad Thai. Mm. Is Pad Thai, have you had Pad Thai in Thailand? (laughs) It's it's very American. (laughs) They have it in Thailand, but it's pretty much for Westerners. But the food in Thailand is amazing Mm. like all of the local food it's i would say there italy and greece are probably some of my favorite destinations for foodies and isn't the food in thailand like a dollar like isn't (laughs) it so cheap there it's very cheap just make sure you are very clear with how spicy you like your food Mm. because they have what's called they call thai spicy which is how they eat And it's incredibly, like, it's probably one of the hottest things you've ever had in your life. Like, so, so, so spicy. And then they have, like, medium spicy, which is, like, our spicy. Oh, my God. Good to know. (laughs) Yeah. But you can definitely get, you know, things more mild. Like, I think they're very used to having tourists come and say, no spice, you know. But um, just be clear with how you want it. Yeah, that is a pro tip because I hate really spicy foods like that. (laughs) What is a TV show or book that you have been recommending a lot lately? Ooh, good question. What have I been watching lately? I haven't read in a while. I wish I could say that I had an amazing book, but I've been kind of bad about it. I don't know. Right now I'm watching Stranger Things. The newest season? Yeah, you're not the first to say that. People are loving this season. Yeah, we've heard really great things, but I have to catch up because I didn't watch season three. Okay. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I think there's going to be, I heard one more season and that's it. And that's a wrap. So, okay. (laughs) Okay. So I feel like travel is like your self care, but when you are home and you don't have a trip planned and you just need to like relax and unwind, what are your other favorite methods of self care? 
I love like all things spa and wellness. I kind of geek out on that stuff. So I love like acupuncture. I love massages, yoga, meditation, all of that kind of stuff. Sometimes even just like taking a bubble bath is like one of my favorite things. I feel like we need to be friends. We were like cut from the same cloth. <laughs> I, everything you're saying, I'm like, yep, this is me. <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> I agree. I feel like everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, Carly's done that. Carly loves acupuncture too. <laughs> but you just named probably all the best self-care practices that are out there, at least for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely like lean into wellness. It's something that I like crave every like week or so if I don't have like a moment mm-hmm. like that to myself to just me too. even like sometimes if I'm just washing my face really intentionally and like putting lots of nice products on it. Um, that's like a moment of zen for me. Mm-hmm. I love that. We love to close with some advice from our guests. So what advice would you give to your younger self? Ooh, I would say lean in to the things that light you up and don't be afraid if they don't necessarily align with what your parents and society has conditioned you to believe as the most important things in life. I think a lot of why I was in that past career for so long was because I just thought that's what I was supposed to do. And like, that's how to be successful. And it's important to make a lot of money. And it's important to have a very stable, structured corporate life. And in the end, it just left me wanting a lot more. And so I think, you know, it would have been lovely if I had realized that a little bit earlier, (laughs) that it's okay to kind of like forge your own path. and can find success in a lot of different ways that you may not even that may be completely outside of your current perspective yeah that's such a good point and I feel like you can get so caught up in like the you kind of said this earlier like the you actually you were like good at it so you were moving up the ranks and when you think about doing making a change especially one that's like working for yourself you're like but what does that path even look like and like you're not working towards like a promotion it's like it's such a mindset shift to think about doing something in a way that was not taught to you. You weren't conditioned to seek that type of path. So I love that advice. I feel like it works for anybody. Yeah, it's so hard if you don't have any role model doing what you think you could want to do. Like, how can you ever imagine what that would look like? That's so hard, you know? So I think, I think like being brave enough to know that like, You've always landed on your feet in the past. There's nothing to say that you won't again, right? There's actually every reason to say that you will again. So Mm -hmm. I love that. That's kind of what I would tell my younger self. Yeah. And you can change at all times. Like you loved many of your years in finance and that's great. That's fine. But you can close the chapter on that and start a whole brand new chapter following your passion that is your priority now. So I think everyone, yeah, we said that earlier too. You can change your entire career and what your story is. That's so liberating too. Like for me, it was such a transformational break that now if, you know, five, 10 years from now, my passions start to shift again, or, you know, I want to be doing something different. It doesn't feel as much of a leap anymore. Like now I can see that I would have a lot more confidence going through that next transition because I've already made such a big jump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really loved talking to you and we appreciate it so much. So we will put everything in the show notes in terms of where people can find you. Mm -hmm. But just thank you for taking the time. No, thank you. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And I'm so thrilled to be able to connect with your audience. Yes, we loved it. We will hit you up for lots of travel recommendations soon. (laughs) 